Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we are back. It's Monday. And it's getting cold outside. And uh, in the studio, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, myself, John Katzmatidis, and Rita Cosby. Rita, did you have a great weekend? I had a great weekend. Uh, boy, was it cold and freezing, and uh, but not too cold for the protesters. They're still out and about. <laughs> How about those protesters in uh, at the White House? I mean, they weren't insurrectionists, though. Yeah, of course uh, I mean, not, right? They, of they course knocked not. down part of the gates at the, the White security. House. They knocked down the security fence. Yeah, and so bad that they actually had to move the reporters that are right there on the lawn and, and uh, some staffers. And nobody was arrested. Nobody was arrested. But there's no double standards, right, John, yeah. with uh, with these protests and things? I mean, come on. And also, how scary is it that it was right outside the White House? They were cheering on Yemen. Uh, and, of course, now the U.S. and Yemen are exchanging blows. Now, the wait, wait, wait. I understand uh, the uh, President Biden today said the Hootsies are terrorists. Yeah, he said it, John. And, but he, but it's still not listed as terrorists Yes. On, the, on our books. That's outrageous. And that's a very big deal because one of the first things he did was yank him from a terrorist list. And the fact is you need to have him on a terrorist list because that's where the sanctions come in, Sean and Rita. And now, and today is Martin Luther King's birthday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, he, and he it's died amazing. 45 years ago? Yeah. April 4th, 1968. Of course, everybody remembers the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. And truly one of the great leaders ever. I, I wish I, I will give you my, a, I will give you man. my feelings. I think it's the same people that killed JFK, RFK, and Martin Luther King are the same people. So, John, later on in the show, by the way, we have a blockbuster show. We have Mayor Eric Adams coming on. We, of course, Ben Carson, uh, Charlie Rangel, and we have Bill O'Reilly. And Bill is going to talk about the real reason the Kennedy brothers allowed the FBI to wiretap MLK. So there's some big scoops in there, and I can't wait to hear what he I has to hear, say. Yeah, I'd like to hear what uh, Bill O'Reilly has to say. And he did a lot of studying on it. Yeah, he did a lot. He did that whole big best-selling book, remember, on JFK. And there's a real sure, question. Yeah. There's a real question about what J. Edgar Hoover wanted to do about Martin Luther King. Remember, he was the director of the FBI at the time, and he always had he had a file on Martin Luther King for years. Yeah, he had a file J. on Edgar everybody. Hoover it seemed had a file on everybody. Yeah, it was like a, if J. Edgar Hoover called you or somebody, you're like, uh oh, this is trouble. This is trouble. You know, and, and in fact, when you sit guys now and you think about how politicized the FBI was in DOJ then, and now fast forward to where we are now with Merrick Garland, uh, Judge so Weinberg. A, well, I don't think it's as horrible as w- with, uh, with Hoover, but the fact of the matter is you had a lot of good years with the FBI and the Justice Department, and now you don't. Yeah, and that's sad. There's so many good rank and file, of course, FBI of course, agents. Yeah, of course, but, you know. a lot of great FBI people that, that are patriots. They, they Forget about the word patriot. They love America, Absolutely. and they want to do the right thing for America. It's the yeah. political people. Yes. It's, not the, it's not the rank and file. It's, it's the, the political, political people. people that order certain amount of people to, to, 
to do things the political way. Absolutely. By the way, speaking of politics, you guys, uh, uh, it's just it's horrible to see what's been going on now with Israel. Apparently, Biden has not spoken to Netanyahu in weeks now uh, that even though publicly saying he supports Israel, there seems to be he's trying to also appeal keeps, his gate, his base. He's, wor- listen, he's worried about, about Michigan because yes. they have a, a big Muslim community in Michigan. And that's a very important state for his reelection campaign. So political partisan interests are guiding Biden with respect to how he's now, foreign today, policy. I understand no labels, no labels today announced it that down to three candidates. They're down to, uh, Chris Christie, Chris Christie, the never Trumper. <laughs> yeah. And they're down to uh, Joe Nikki, Manchin, Nikki Haley and Nikki Haley. And then, but the governor from Maryland, uh, from no labels, Hogan. yeah, Larry Hogan, Hogan yep. resigned no labels and endorsed Nikki Haley. Yes. So you need a scorecard to find out what the heck is going on. Well, the one thing yeah. you need to know is no labels never stood up. For McCarthy, when he did the right thing, not a single Democratic congressman. You're talking about uh, Kevin McCarthy, exactly, who did the right thing. And 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 look, I can't say it's a fact, but when when he voted along to pass along the budget, and I believe that Nancy Pelosi told him not to worry when it comes to the speaker's race. There will be Democratic votes. There will be Democratic votes for him. And don't forget, Hakeem Jeffries called me and he says he's got six votes at least. And guess what happened? They all no votes. voted against no votes. it. Right. They all voted against him. That's and why 10 minutes later yes. after the vote, Nancy Pelosi lost her office. Yeah, that covered office. That is the indication of what we're saying is 100% correct. You know, by the way, speaking of politics, also, John, tonight is the Iowa caucus, and this is really the first uh, votes cast, if you will, in the presidential process. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because, you know, even though Trump's very far ahead, uh, and it looks like it's certainly his to lose, the question is how much does he win? And also, is there a surprise in the works? Who gets two, three? Well, Does someone drop out? I, I, you know, I'll be on tonight live on WABC. Can't wait to see what happens. Well, the problem with the Iowa caucus is it's a caucus. So you need to have people show up in person to do the caucusing. The weather there is absolutely Freezing. awful. It's freezing. Oh, it's my- below, but with wind shows below zero. Yeah. By the way, it is, it is, Judge, I just saw it so funny. In some places, it's minus two, minus six temperature with the wind chill. It's minus 26 in some places. So these people are real patriots who are going to go out and vote. You know, my own view about these early primaries and caucuses is it really should be regional. Yeah. Yeah. T- yeah. Talk about that because that's an interesting okay, perspective. I understand we have, uh, uh, Dr. Ben Carson yes. on with us. Yes. Secretary, Secretary Ben Carson. Secretary, Dr. Ben Carson. By the way, he is particular. everything. Um, and of course, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and my friend and our friend, uh, Secretary Ben Carson. And before we move on to Martin Luther King, you were in Iowa recently. What, what do you think is going to happen? We've been talking here about the Iowa caucus, uh, Secretary well, Carson. Good to be with both of you. Um, well, I think Trump's going to win. I don't think there's much question about that. And I and I think there's a big effort on behalf of the media to make it into uh, he loses if he gets less than 50% rather than concentrating on the fact that he's won by probably historic margins. 
I agree. I mean, they're, they're trying to spin it in any way they can. I mean, how ridiculous. If you win by the mar- any of the margins, even if he lowballs and, and wins tighter, that's a huge win. I agree, Dr. Yeah, Carson. Yeah. It's crazy. Dr. Carson, well, today is Martin Luther King's birthday. If, if we could have him for, for 20 seconds today, would it be, he, would he be disappointed or would he be happy on the progress of, of the black community in the United States of America? Well, I suspect that on one level, he would be very pleased. On another level, he would be very disappointed. On the level of accomplishments uh, since his time, it's amazing. CEOs, university presidents, some are not uh, been that great. Uh, <laughs> Harvard. We're talking about Harvard. 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 <laughs> it's forty-five years between when he was assassinated uh, and uh, and now it's forty-five years. And I I think the black community has made tremendous inroads in forty-five years. Yeah, look at President. We got President Obama. We have a Vice President. I mean, enormous strides. No, but uh, on the on the other side, I think he would be a little disappointed with replacing equality with equity. I don't think he ever intended that everybody should be the same or have the same outcomes. He wanted everybody to have the same opportunities. You know, and I, uh, that's where we failed. Dr. Carson, I want to throw this out to you uh, to to your point. Um, and American Cornerstone, where where you are, you do such amazing work there. You know how much I love what you're doing there, Dr. Carson. I saw this today. The FAA is pushing diversity in hiring people, uh, saying that, you know, they may have, uh, you know, psychiatric disability, severe intellectual, but if they fit a criteria for diversity, they would, at the FAA, that's like saying, um, uh, I want to pick a certain doctor because of a skin You want a color. brain surgeon or a heart surgeon based surgeon on diversity? That is only hired because of what? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, this well, is it crazy. Makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. You know, I, I had Glass Lewis recommend against me on one of the boards I sit on because I'm the chairman of the uh, governance and nominating and governance committee. And we don't have 30% women. We have 25% women. We did have over 30%, but uh, there's some changes that had to be made for the sake of the company. Uh, but when do we start jumping through hoops and checking off boxes for Glass Lewis as opposed to doing what's best for the stockholders? Um, absolutely. Now, uh, Dr. Carson, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, and we were both very much uh, annoyed what's going on in the education system in America and how especially that is hurting the minority communities. I mean, I don't know what to do anymore. Well, you know, the education is such an important factor. I mean, it doesn't matter what environment you came from, what your ethnic background is. If you get a good education in this country, you write your own ticket. And that's something we used to emphasize, not so much anymore. Now we teach our children that the most important factor is the color of your skin. And, uh, you know, these kinds of things that, that we're perpetrating are only destructive. They only lead to hatred and resentment. None of the things that are being advocated lead us to a better place. You know, having men playing in women's sports, it's not leading us to a better place. 
Well, uh, doc, Dr. Carson, it's Judge Richard Wamper. Good to talk to you again, sir. My oh, yeah. my problem is if you believe in a strong America, you have to have an educated America. The statistics are staggering about the number of kids who cannot read at all. They're illiterate. And yet the Chinese have kids who are doing quantum mathematics, you know, in the eighth grade and have superior yeah, reading course. skills in, in multi-languages. So in the international competition that we're in, we're way behind the curve. What say you? I say that's going to hurt us big time in the long run if we don't correct it soon. And, you know, we got even further behind, you know, during the isolation of people during COVID. Uh, but if we don't learn from these things and correct them right away, uh, the impact is going to last for generations. And we're not going to maintain our position in the world. It's as simple as that. And that's why it's so important that people recognize that we the people are the ultimate arbiters of what happened to our country. We have to know those people that we're voting for and what they stand for because they represent us. We have a democratic republic, but it doesn't work when you just put somebody in because you recognize their name. You know, um, Dr. Carson, you were on the coronavirus task force. And um, I know you came out, you know, when you were there under President Trump and said you had questions, of course, with vaccines and all that. Um, I don't know if you saw it. John did a great interview uh, with Senator Rand Paul, where he, he threw the book at Dr. Fauci, who now is flip flopping on. Well, I don't know where I really came up with the six feet. And I don't know, you know, about uh, maybe Wuhan lab wasn't a conspiracy theory. Um, we also heard um, from a number of others today that were with Fauci at the time saying the same thing. I, I mean, where's the recompense? Uh, 20 million people died. And, and you know better than anybody. They were imposing it on everyone. What do you say when you hear this now from Dr. Fauci? Well, I'm I'm waiting to hear some apologies and restoration. What about all of those medical professionals, the nurses who lost their jobs because they refused to take the vaccine? What about all the pilots and the stewardesses? What about all the military people, the Navy SEALs? Who, you know, this this is majorly damage that they did. And now that they know that they were wrong, could they at least come out and admit that they were wrong? And make restitution to those individuals? What about the doctors who are intimidated into not challenging the conventional wisdom? And it would, states like California went after them. Yes. Well, you know, I was disappointed by the AMA and some of the other medical professional organizations for just caving and doing this because I know they knew better. But you know, they don't want to be canceled. They don't want to be called nasty names. They want to be in the in crowd. And uh, there's this desire for power and position that has caused us as a nation to reject a lot of our founding principles and values. And it's hurting us. And we're seeing the results of it in lots of different places. And uh, Dr. Um, ben Carson, before we let you go, I have one question about, did you see this? Uh, the Georgia DA, Fannie Willis, in the Trump case, um, you know, and now there are these allegations that she put her lover as the main prosecutor and then he visited the White House. It just it really looks bad. She actually was in a church, a black church in Atlanta yesterday. They were honoring the incredible life of Martin Luther King. And she's saying the reason that people are criticizing her is it's racially motivated. <laughs> I found it just I, when I hear that it, it diminishes cases where it is really racially motivated. Your thoughts. 
Well, it it is sickening to see so many people always divert to racial injustice and use that as an excuse. You know, we're we're really beyond that as a nation, quite frankly. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't still some people who are Neanderthals, but as a nation, we have really moved well beyond that point. There aren't people who now question whether, you know, a black American can be an airline pilot or a brain surgeon or what, you know, it's not an issue anymore. So I hate it when I see people calling everything racism. And I, I think the most racist thing I ever heard came from Joe Biden when he said, if you have trouble deciding between me and Donald Trump, you ain't black. I don't I don't think Thanks. anybody could see that as a reasonable statement for somebody who's just unfair. Uh, doctor, before we take a hard break, is there anything you want to say to all black Americans in, out there today on Martin Luther King Day? Well, I believe that Dr. King was inspired by God. He only lived for 39 years, but had a profound effect on our nation, probably as much so as anyone who's ever lived. And we should pay attention to the message that he gave, the message of love and cooperation and nonviolence. And uh, if we can take that to heart, uh, I think we will all be the victors. Well, thank you so much. Beautiful. We're going to see what Bill O'Reilly says at the end, because he did a study on all those uh, uh, assassinations. And my personal belief is the same people that killed JFK, RFK, and Martin Luther King were all the same people. It'd be interesting to ask. Yeah. And, and, and Dr. Carson, I love your beautiful message, too. Thank, thank you so you. much. That was really beautiful. Thank you. God, God bless you and God bless America. Thank you so thank much. Thank you both for being patriots. You thank too, you. Dr. Carson. It was great to talk let's, to you. Let's take a break. And when we come back from the break, we have one of my greatest friends. We've been friends for over 40 years. Charlie, well, he was a chairman of the board of Congressman uh, uh, Charlie Rango. And... Uh, Ways and Means Committee Chairman. Ways and Means Committee Chairman and one heck of a guy. Uh, and uh, we're going to have him right after this break. And then after that, we have Mayor Eric Adams. Let's do that. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, with us today on Martin Luther King's birthday... One of my greatest friends and, and one of the most successful, uh, uh, New York City congressmen ever, ever, ever. Uh, we have Congressman, uh, Charlie Rangel. Charlie, we miss you. We miss you in Congress. Aww. We miss you, uh, seeing more of you. John, I don't miss you because you are doing everything that you can to make this a, a better world. And when they told me that the Turks and the Greeks were, finally getting together and trying to calm the problems that they've had for decades. I said, boy, I know John Casamitis has something to do with that. No one has tried harder uh, to bring more peace and tranquility into the world than you have. And, of course, Rita's just an intellectual beauty. I don't care what party she's Oh, yes, on. yes, Thank she is. you. And, Thank and you. we even got Judge Weinberg here. See, we got one Democrat here. <laughs> he's not as beautiful, but no, he's no, beautiful not inside. Good to talk to you, Congressman. Charlie, uh, Congressman, uh, if Martin Luther King got to, uh, a peep in, uh, right now, today, 
uh, at what's going on in America. Uh, would he be disappointed about black America making a, not enough progress or may, would he be satisfied that we make, made enough progress? What do you, what say you? That's a real complex uh, question because at the time that I got involved with the civil rights movement, I didn't believe that Jesus had that much positive to make a contribution to it. And his nonviolent approach to things, I just never thought the religious community cared enough about poverty and disparity in income and sickness and the aged and education. And it wasn't just Christians, it was everybody. But to see how wrong I was and to see how the Jewish community came forward and the marches from Selva to Montgomery, you couldn't tell what country these peoples came from, whether it was Europe or Africa or the Orient. And he brought people together, not for Christ, not for Moses, not for Muhammad, but for those basic principles that I now understand better, and that is, how do you treat your fellow human beings? And I now get closer to death than I am ever before and realize that what Dr. King was talking about should be, why do we have that vacuum today? Why do we not hear at a time that our, what we're going through screams out for a superior being to say, it's not the party that counts. It's what are you doing for the poor? What are you doing to get people that are fighting and killing each other? What are you doing to make this a better, better world? And I'm confident that someday soon, someone may be able to answer your question about what Dr. King may have been thinking about Because what is happening in the Ukraine today, uh, where one country can decide that it wants to, through killing people, take over a territory where we have human beings fighting in Israel, killing each other, women and children, and you don't hear the voices of Protestants and Catholics and Jews uh, uh, talking about this from a position that King would take. We have the same thing with our borders. I mean, thousands of people, do you mean God wants these people to go through jungles uh, just to be able to say they want their children to have a better way of life? So I know that beyond party lines, Democrat and Republican, there has to be better guidance for our great country. When I remember the times of looking at the beautiful halls of Congress all over in God we trust in order to make this a better country, uh, the things that we have to do. And John, I can tell you that, uh, and Rita, and did you say a rabbi was there? No, we have <laughs> Judge Richard Weinberg. Remember him from oh, the days well, of Peter Valone. 
I, I'm not going to bother the courts because so far <laughs> they've been pretty independent on this this partisan era that we're going through. But I can tell you this because they started. I thought I heard rabbis, but that may have been. Uh, he sounds like a rabbi some days, by the <laughs> way. Well, I've shaved in that anyway, <laughs> Judge Weinberg, I mean, Weinberg, Iceberg, you know. <laughs> well, not, I'm not, you're not going to sucker me into that one. But <laughs> I'll tell you this, I haven't heard from the Board of Rabbis. I haven't heard from the Roman Catholic Church. I haven't heard from the Catholic bishops. I've heard from Muslims. I haven't heard uh, from, from, from any group of religious leaders say enough is enough. The guy that said it most eloquently was the black guy in L.A. that was almost beaten to death by white racist cops. And when it was all over, he said something like, can't we talk? Oh, yeah. yeah, Rodney King, who said, can't we all get along? Right. I mean, where are the religious leaders? We need them. We're having primary and caucuses and whatnot. But when it's all over, this country is the only country in the world if a foreigner was to come and to say the Americans are meeting in this room, they would have no idea what those Americans would look like. We've been blessed to have the talents and the experiences of people from all over the world believing that in America we can have a better life. And, and, and what are we spending our money on? Alms. Uh, denying people the opportunity for health care. And, and I just hope that other people can learn from Dr. Martin Luther King because... Absolutely. And by the way, we are the greatest and, country. I and, agree and Congressman, that. I got, no question about it. We have uh, Mayor Eric Adams coming up right after you. Give me one question I should ask the Mayor Adams. And that's a Buffman because he's been <laughs> dealt with real bad. He's been dealt a bad hand, okay. and uh, and I'm telling you, it's going to be hard for you to get get find something uh, for me to be critical of uh, President Biden. Uh, but the way they have ignored the immigration problem in Washington, if we can use executive power for so many things that are controversial, having people pour into this country without being screened, without knowing who they are, what they are doing, there is a better way to do it. Agree. And I don't care what problems we have with Eric. He deserves better than this. Any city would be. I almost wish I wasn't a New Yorker and this was happening someplace else so I could scream without prejudice that the migrant problem with tens of thousands of people escaping from whatever problem they have at home is not a United States problem. We should do all we can to ease the pain. But pouring across the border without screening, it's not fair to them, it's not fair to us. And so I, I, I it, would it's, it's out of a Congressman, it's out of control. And well, then, we are our religious leaders. I can't think, John, and, and it's too late now for me to be saved probably, but I cannot think of any issue that's more moral. We're talking about people taking their kids going through swamps and And 85,000 kids are lost. They don't know where they are. Well, name, name some religious leader 
that's standing up saying this is wrong. It's wrong for my country. It's wrong for the city and state of New York. I mean, where is the morality in these things that I started off talking about, Dr. King? I mean, this is not a Republican or Democratic problem, John. And yes. no one knows, you and Margot knows where to stop the pain throughout the world. But, you know, people are afraid to talk about it. I agree. But, agree. But name, name some issue that's more moral than hungry We're going to have to have you come back and talk about this a little bit wider on a different day. But uh, uh, Charlie Rangel, I miss you. We and, love you, Charlie. And we love you. And uh, dinner real soon. And we're going to go to that Columbus Club and have dinner. Well, say a prayer for me. You know, I you was saying a prayer for you. I have a lot of trouble upstairs, so say a prayer. God bless we you. We love you, Charlie. Thank you. Let's say we're going to take a break. Well, let's go to the Goya. It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. And as you heard, these are the Goya hot stories. As we were talking on the top of Cats and Cosby, all eyes on Iowa tonight, where bitter cold temperatures could potentially make an impact on tonight's caucuses. At 8 p.m. Eastern, voting will begin, and then into the late night hours, they will start counting. Current polling says former President Trump is the favorite to win the GOP primary in Iowa. But we will keep you posted on all the latest. Also, an American container ship was hit by an anti-ship ballistic missile today in the Red Sea off the coast of Yemen. U.S. Central Command says the missile was launched by the Houthi rebels. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is out of the hospital. The Pentagon says he was released from Walter Reed Nation National Military Medical Center earlier today. Austin was admitted to the hospital two weeks ago. Of course, no one knew where he was in ICU for a few days. And we will also have Mayor Eric Adams coming up. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. He's coming up in just a few moments. And those are your Goya top stories of the day. And Goya has those the best beans I've ever eaten. Let's go to that break, and we'll come back with Mayor Eric Adams. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, so much to talk about, including the state of New York City. And joining us is New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Mr. Mayor, great to talk with you and great to have you here on Katz and Cosby. Rita uh, and Brother Katz, all of you, it's just great to speak with you. And, you know, you, you, you had one of my mentors and a person I have deep respect for, a great American, served in the military, served in Congress. They call him the, the Lion of Lenox Avenue. Uh, I was 13 points behind in the poll in the mayor's race, and he called me up. I'll never forget that day I was home, and he called me up and said that you have served us well, Eric, 
and I need to make sure I stand beside you and endorse you. Uh, I'm, I don't care that you're behind in the polls, 13 points. I'm going to be with, there with you. And I cannot thank him enough for his mentorship, his guidance, and just for being a great New York and a great American congressman, uh, Charlie Rangel. And he's one of my mentors, too. And he's great. I love him, and I miss him, and we don't see him enough. And I, I, I said to him, we're going to go. We used to go to dinner all the time uh, with Bill Fugazi to the Columbus Club, along with David Dinkins. And, and uh, we're bringing in uh, David Patterson into that club. And we, Mr. Mayor, we'd love to have you as part of that club to go to dinner one night. Join me. Just let me know when you go to dinner with him. I want to be a part of that dinner because I can only imagine the war stories, the two of you. <laughs> oh, many, many war stories. <laughs> many war stories. Speaking, speaking of sort of where the city's headed, uh, Mr. Mayor, where do you, what is the state of the city and what, can you kind of give us an update? Cause people are concerned about some of the cuts. What's the truth about will there be cuts to, Cops, will there be cuts to fire? Where where do we stand? What's the truth? So, and, and let's let's do a real analysis of the city and what I inherited in 2022. I inherited a city where crime was trending in the wrong direction, where our businesses were we were hemorrhaging those businesses. Tourism was not here. No one wanted to be on the subway system. Uh, there was no real housing momentum. Uh, we were seeing that bond raters had us a lower bond rating. Two years later, two years, Rita, later, we have more private sector jobs in the history of the city. Double-digit decrease in homicide, double-digit decrease in shootings. Uh, we have witnessed a resurgence. We have built more affordable housing for formerly homeless New Yorkers in the history of the city, the second largest in the history of the city of affordable units. Uh, we have built, put more people who needed FEPS vouchers into housing, right in alignment with Dr. King as he pushed for a real housing agenda. Four million people back on our subway system. People, tourists are back. Over 62 million tourists are back in the, in, in the city. Bond raiders looked at our city and said, the way this guy is managing the city, we're going to increase his bond rating. They increased the, the bond rating. They told me it was going to take me four to five years to turn the city around. We did it in two years, turned the city around. And we navigated through COVID, and now we're hit with 168,000 migrants and asylum seekers that are in our city, 1.5 the size of Albany. An entire city was dropped in our, in, in, our, in our city. So let me tell you what we did last year. When I saw that this flow was endless, I told the team, we may get 100,000 people, uh, migrants and assignment seekers in our city. So we need to start budgeting for that and start figuring out how to get people out of our system because we can't sustain taking care of people for the rest of their lives. Not only did we get 100,000, we got 168,000, but we were able to keep the over 57% of the people we cycled out of the system so we would not have that large dollar amount that we were projected. And because of that, we were able to put money back into our police academy classes. We're going to have Four classes graduated, two are in already, two more are going to uh, come in. Uh, we were able to restore money to our schools, restore money to the FDNY, restore money to DSNY, because we did the right thing and getting people out of our system 
but we're still getting anywhere from 2,500 to 4,000 a week wow. that are coming into our city. But we've managed this better than any other municipality, and we're going to continue to do the right thing uh, for New Yorkers because we, I have to navigate us through this. Mr. Mayor, I mean, uh, isn't there a way you could just turn away those buses? I mean, this uh, sanctuary city uh, stuff, it, it, there is no real law against it, is there? A great question, you know, because I hear it often, you know, you know, whenever something goes wrong, you got to, you know, you go to the mayor and you say, that, well, you know, it's your job, mayor, because people didn't people did not elect me to tell them the problem. They elected me to fix the problem. There are four things that is misunderstood about this crisis. One, I do not have the legal authority to stop the buses from coming in. I, I don't have that authority on the state level, nor do I have it on the federal level to stop the buses from coming in. Two, I don't have the authority to say whoever is here that cannot take care of themselves, I have by law to take care of themselves, take care of them. Three, even those who commit crimes, and, uh, who, who are repeatedly commit crimes, I don't have the city authority to turn them over to ICE. That is against the law in the, in the city of New, of New York. And I don't have the authority to send people out because only the federal government has dep- deportation problem. I inherited the problem. The problem has been dropped in my lap, but I don't have the legal authority to do anything other than what is required by the by the. No, I, I understand now, that. But, Mr. Mayor, I'll give you my opinion, just strictly my opinion. But let me, let me give you one point. Let me give you one point, Yes, go ahead. Let me give you one point. This is very important because you, you asked a, a good question. This is so important that the people have mixed up the term sanctuary cities and asylum seekers. The, the, these people are not illegal. We parole them into the country. They're not illegal. Uh, a sanctuary city applies to those who are illegal, and you can't turn them over. But these are legal people who have been paroled into the country, and the federal government is not fulfilling their responsibilities. These are not illegal immigrants that have arrived here. These are people who are paroled into this country. Uh, well, now, we realize that, but if you put your foot down, I think the, the people of the city of New York will back you. Yeah, if you said no more, quote, paroling of them. The people of the city of New York will back you. They're not going to back the other people. And I agree 100% because I hear from New Yorkers all the time. But here's what will happen. Legal aid and others will sue us, and we will be sanctioned by the court that can turn out to pay millions of dollars a day based on how we're sanctioned. We're in court right now to try to show that the right to shelter does not apply to this. And with legal aid, it has, has, has brought this case to court. And so we have to fight the court so that we're not sanctioned daily if we do something that is illegal. Understood. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you have anything to say? You were in the, uh, you were the Supreme Court for so many years. Well, Mr. Mayor, good to talk to you again. I agree with the... Good. I agree with the mayor. There's no right to come into the country, and it's a federal responsibility. It's a failure. The mayor's not saying this. I'm saying this. This is a failure of the Biden administration to protect our borders. They have no right to come in here. They shouldn't be paroled in into this country. So it presents a problem for all the mayors of no, all it's, the localities. It's not the mayor's fault. It's not the mayor's fault. But where I 
I take a, a different point of view, is I do not believe as a matter of law there is a right to shelter. There's a Supreme Court case out of Staten Island that said there's no right to shelter. It comes out of, of a consent decree. I think that consent decree should be applied for a modification. There's no obligation on the city to house everybody. It was never intended to house this with this kind of influx in the tens of thousands of people. Your thoughts, Mr. Mayor? One hundred percent. I agree. And that's why we're in court right now, Judge, because we are saying to the judge that's overseeing this case, the right to shelter uh, was something that was put in place for a small number of New Yorkers. It was never put in place for one hundred and sixty eight thousand of people who are dealing with a humanitarian crisis. And you're right. This was never a law. This was the agreement that was settled with the state, uh, not even solely with New York City. And so it is our belief that this does not apply in this situation. And we cannot have any form of rule, law, agreement that states you can come from anywhere on the globe, come to New York, and stay for as long as you want on taxpayers' dime. That makes no sense at all. No sense. Absolutely yeah. correct, Mr. Mr. Mayor. Mayor. Last question uh, of the day, the $64 billion question. Um what is the $64 billion question? Well, I'll give one. I have, I have a $65 billion. What about the protests, Mr. Mayor, too? Because you have been, uh, you've been great on supporting, um, the Jewish population and really steadfast and, and taking some heat. We saw what happened in Washington. They were going after, uh, even the White House gate. They were pushing it down, shouting horrible things. Uh, they may have already reached Gracie Mansion, but they were planning to reach Gracie Mansion today in New York. Can we do more to clamp down on these people? It's getting so out of control. Well, first of all, uh, you know, the right to protest, you can do so. But don't try that madness of talking about you're going to break down the gates of Gracie Mansion. That's not going no, to happen. No, no, yesterday was the White House. It's okay. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm saying if they want to do that in the White House with the Secret Service and, and all the security there, they could go right ahead. Yeah. It's the wrong thing to do. But you're not going to pull that type of action here in this city. Well, I have the I have the best police department on the globe. You and do. We're very clear. You have a right for peaceful protest, but when you want to start clogging up the bridges, you want to start clogging up the tunnels. You're going to feel the full extent of the law. Listen, we had over 400 protests in this city. Many of them overwhelmingly peaceful on both sides of the issue. There was a a a, a a rally to call after the 100 days of the hostage being held to call for the return of the hostage. Uh, so there's protest. This city and this country is known for protest. What you can't do is create violence and create disruption in a city. There was a rule, a ruling by the courts that I think went a little too far on giving people the right to walk, march in the streets. But we got to abide by the court decision and the agreement that that happened. I don't want to see these protests any more than anyone else, but we have laws we have to abide by. And that frustration of abiding by some of these laws is what I must do as the mayor and the police department must do. We must operate within the law. Mr. Mayor, last question. I found the $64 billion. Oh, there question. it is. <laughs> if, if Martin Luther King were here today, would he be, would he be proud of the progress of the black community? Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, we, we owe so much a debt of gratitude uh, to not only Dr. King, but the men and women who came in the symbol of Dr. King. And some of them are still alive today. Uh, I interviewed his attorney 
and his uh, strategist and his confidant, and he just shared some beautiful stories uh, with me um, during those meetings, Dr. Clarence Jones. And so I think that when you do an analysis of where we are in this great country, and it is the greatest country on the globe, there's no other country where dream is attached to his name but the American dream. No matter how people want to critique it, no one is lining our borders to leave America. They're lining our borders to come into America. We, we agree. The four, four largest cities in America uh, have mayors of color, and some of the other larger cities in America as well. We have a, a mayor of color here. We have a public advocate of color, AG of color, the district attorneys in the Bronx and Manhattan and the Brooklyn of, of color, the southern and eastern district U.S. attorneys are of, of, of color, Letitia James, the AG, the head of the city council, the head of the Senate, the head of the assembly. Of, so you go through the list and you see that Dr. King's dream is closer and closer uh, to reality. We can't stop moving. We must ensure the diversity of women, LGBTQ, uh, of all other groups that participate in this great vision of a dream. King had it right. He was a visionary. He, we may have lost him physically, uh, but his spiritual presence is still among us. And I thank God for the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. Mr. Agreed. Mayor Eric Adams, thank you so much. And thank you for coming on and telling all New Yorkers, all Americans about it. And we'll catch up again with you real soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Thank Mayor. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to all of you. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Let's take a uh, break right now. We're going to come back with, uh, with, um, Bill O'Reilly and he's going to tell us who really killed Martin Luther King or who killed John F. Kennedy. And you never know. And, uh, we're going to go overtime. Uh, let the news department know that we're going to go overtime with Bill O'Reilly to, to cover the, sh- the overtime we already had. It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest, huge best-selling author, obviously, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly. Every weeknight, 9 to 10 p.m. here on 77 WABC. And uh, Bill O'Reilly, we love you. Um, you know, you wrote a big book on Kennedy, and you have some interesting stuff about Kennedy, the FBI, MLK. It's MLK Day. Fill us in. We've been teasing it all day here. Okay. I have some good information for you. But first, I just want to make a quick comment about Mayor Adams. Um, number one, I'm, I'm happy that he comes on WABC. Number two, the Constitution reads, we Americans have the right to peacefully assemble. That that's the wording. And remember, the founders are geniuses. We can't assemble. But they're the assemblage place is not chosen by the protesters. It's chosen by the neighborhood, the city, the municipality, wherever, because of public safety reasons. The New York City bylaws are about 200 pages. Have you guys ever seen them? unbelievable but they're never enforced you can't have a massive protest inside one of john's grocery stores or on rita's front lawn if she has a front lawn there are places where you cannot assemble a whole bunch of people because it puts public safety in danger 
Therefore, you can't tear down gates to the White House or Gracie Mansion or anything else. That's vandalism. The second thing is you need a license. You need to get a license to protest in a public place like Central Park. You've got to go and apply for it. All of this is being thrown out the window. And I just want to say to the mayor, you should have somebody on that and start enforcing the bylaws of New York City. And you would cut down a lot of this chaos. Does that make sense to everybody? Absolutely. The permits. Yeah. And, and, and I'll way, tell you what I wanted to say, uh, uh, Bill, is is that <laughs> if I was mayor, I'd just put my foot down, and I think the people in the city of New York would back me up. And day one, doing it from the yeah. beginning. It's hard to do it after you let the genie out of the bottle. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know about any genie or any bottle, but the New York City Police Department can give tickets out to anybody assembling in a place where they're not it's not legal to assemble. I agree. And I mean some tickets. And the I other agree. thing the other thing I would do, Bill, I would get and interrogate these people because I think a lot of these people are paid participants. Oh, they're anarchists, John. They're, they're not they don't care about Hamas. They're anarchists. They, yep. These are the same people that show up on everything. Right. All right, so let's get to um, the Kennedys. This is fascinating. Who killed who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And by, by the way, Bill, I also want to mention, did you see White House? They didn't even arrest anybody. I mean, that was crazy, too. After, oh, yeah, I know. what a mess. I mean, but it, Washington, D.C. is in worse shape than New York City. Yeah, so it is. So fill us in, on, fill us in, on, uh, fill us in on Kennedy and MLK. Okay. I don't want to be one of these shows where we go off the air and the people never know the truth. Yeah, we've been teasing it all all (laughs) show. I can't wait to hear. We're on pins and needles. Okay. RFK Jr. running for president gives an interview to Politico. Politico asked him, why did your father, Bobby Kennedy, and your uncle, John Kennedy, approve wiretaps on Martin Luther King Jr.? Excellent question. Now, I wrote about that extensively in Killing the Mob. Kennedy says they had to do it because allegations were, at the time, that Martin Luther King was a communist and fomenting revolution. And the Kennedys wanted to prove that false, and they thought that by approving the wiretaps, that's what would happen. That's what RFK believes. But that is not what happened. Ah. And Bobby Kennedy Jr. doesn't, doesn't know this, but I do. J. Edgar Hoover, one of the biggest villains in American history, a heinous individual, was blackmailing politicians in Washington, including John F. Kennedy. His agents compiled dirt on everybody's private life. Hoover made it known to Bobby that if you don't approve this wiretap, there's going to be some leaks about your brother's extracurricular activities. That's why they approved the tap on Martin Luther King, and it was one of the most disgraceful I, I am just so appalled that this happened in America. But that J. Edgar Hoover, and he was in cahoots with LBJ up to their eyebrows about all of this stuff. So now the WABC uh, Bill, radio audience knows it. My, my opinion, 
whoever's responsible, and I don't believe it's just Oswald, whoever's responsible for JFK, RFK, and I think Martin Luther King is part of the same conspiracy theory. My opinion. Um, I have to defer. Okay. Oswald did it. There's no question he did it. Uh, if you read Killing Kennedy, and I'll send you a copy, of course, you'll see that we track it down to the most micro level. Oswald did have connections to the CIA that I have not been able to fully uncover. And I say that in the book. Bobby Kennedy, Saran Saran is a nut. Palestinian, by the way. Yep. Okay. And yes, I know the Kennedy family feels there's a conspiracy there, but there's not a shred of evidence. Martin Luther King Jr. different. Um, the guy who killed him was a low-level drifter, James Earl Ray. After he shot King, and he shot him, he goes to Canada, and from Canada to London, where he hides out. They don't find him for months. How did he get money to do that? This guy was a nothing. He's a thug. The investigation into James Earl Ray is still classified. That's interesting. But what the do you have... will not release what it knows about James Earl Ray. Wow. Yeah, t- tell us about him, because that's interesting, Bill. Oh, we got about so, two minutes left. So Ray is a racist. And obviously the white racists in the South hated Martin Luther King more than anybody did. Somebody, in my opinion, I can't say it's fact hired Ray to kill King, which he did at the motel room. But he had to have resources, all kinds of stuff, because it was a worldwide manhunt. To get from Tennessee to Montreal to London. You just don't do that when everybody in the world is looking for you. The government, the U.S. government, knows that. But we, the people, don't know to this day what the government uncovered. Well, that's really interesting. Bill, Bill O'Reilly, I'll be listening to you tonight at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. What are you going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to Iowa, you know, the usual. I think it's uh, curtains for DeSantis. I think it's over for him. And next week, uh, I want to talk about in Florida under the DeSantis law about books and schools, they banned killing Jesus. I saw that, Bill. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a mistake. Wow. I couldn't believe that. Unbelievable story. Good, Bill. Unbelievable. Let's do it next week. We can't wait, I'll Bill. I'll be listening tonight to you between 9 and 10 on WABCradio.com, on BillOReilly.com, and 770 on your dial. Thank you so much, Bill O'Reilly. Thank you, Bill. And also, then I'll be on afterwards with all the Iowa and results. And Rita Cosby, I listen to you always. Thank you. And we're going to have the big results tonight, too, thank so that'll you. be interesting. Thank and you, Bill. thank you, and we all stand for truth, truth justice, justice, and, and the, the American, American way. way. God bless America. And Mark Levin is coming up right after this here on WABC Radio.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 